across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. So welcome to another, let's pretend that last uh, 30 seconds didn't happen. Welcome to another uh, From the Terraces this week. Uh, not quite so much football to talk about because Cambridge City weren't in action either. The men's team, uh, their Rushton and Diamonds game was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch at uh, AFC Rushton and Diamonds. And the women are on uh, one of these long breaks that happens in the women's season. They're not actually playing until the 10th of March. They didn't play last week either. So it's just United and Histon this week. So uh, a loss yesterday in the uh, derby, also a loss uh, midweek, or two losses midweek, one to Bolton and one to Neil Harris. Uh, we'll be talking about all of these things, plus Stevenage and Bolton again uh, away this time on Saturday. United women, uh, they had their second win in a row, uh, nicely recovered after the AFC Wimbledon defeat. Um, stands them in good stead. They've got Barnsley kickoff in just under an hour at St Neots. I'm going to that game after we finish here. It's free entry. Uh, the club have made it free entry to everyone. So if you're at a loss for something to do or you want to go and see some football, then uh, the game starts in 55 minutes at St Neots. It's going to be a really good run. First time that uh, United have got this far in the plate competition. Uh, win this and there's a final against either Derby or Exeter that's also going on today Histon uh, again nicely recovering after their uh, uh, second uh, drubbing of the season against Daventry um, uh, I think it's four unbeaten two wins in a row isn't it Billy I think now is that is that correct yeah unbeaten in unbeaten four, four. yeah there yeah. you go uh, they've got uh, they had um, uh, Easington yesterday uh, a good win and uh, they are in the uh, Cam's Invitation Cup semi-final on Tuesday against Wisbeach we'll be talking to Chris Nunn about those and uh, why is that? St- <laughs> it's not. It's not my day today. So f- fade the faders up confidently, expecting some sound to come out, and it's all. It's already finished. I've already talked through it. There you go. Uh, we'll start though, as we usually do, with uh, Cambridge United. Which I was just saying in the studio, I better I go away again because the first the first time in years that I'd gone away during a season, Bonner gets the sack, and the second time I go away, then uh, Neil Harris Neil Harris gets the sack. It's, it's not good, this I tell you. I should, I'll just have to make sure I never go again, otherwise we could be in real trouble. Um, but uh, we've got uh, Billy and uh, Salim in the studio. Um, it's been a, I mean, it's it's been a traumatic week. I think is probably the fairest thing to say uh, with United. Um, it's it's always difficult. I mean, football's football is it's it's life to fans. Um, you know, we get far too uh, upset about things. We get far too happy about things. We we moan too much. We praise too much. We do everything to excess as a fan. Uh, to the club itself. Uh, there's no doubt there's a passion that goes with it, but ultimately football's a business. And it, it's interesting whenever someone leaves a club, whether it's a player who won't re-sign a contract, whether it's a player who won't join, or whether it's a player who just leaves, uh, everyone moans about, oh, there's no loyalty in football anymore. And and 
Uh, and yes, the timing of Neil's departure was unfortunate to say the least. But if someone came on across and offered you a, a dream job for more money, you can't. I mean, it's it's potentially a very short career football. And Neil's been very lucky that he's had a, a very long career in it. But it could come to an end. Uh, you know, if if we if if he'd stayed with us and we got relegated, then he might have got the sack, and then he might not have got another job. If he goes to Millwall, when now he's gone to Millwall, Millwall may still go down. Uh, I hope that's the opening game of next season. That's, where, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm looking forward well. to. <laughs> but uh, you know, if they go down, that might be the end of his career at Millwall, and then you know there might not be any. Rec- covering from it so you've got to take you've got to take an opportunity when it comes yeah it's really unfortunate people saying that oh he's just used us as a stepping stone I, you know that's that sounds like he's planned it deliberately I mean he didn't know that Millwall were going to be short of a manager he might have taken a gamble that uh, if he leaves and things get worse he might be invited back and we'll talk about whether we think that's a good idea or not but it, it's just one of those things in football and I mean you, you, you don't players and staff don't own a loyalty to the club they they play for the club and while they're there you expect them to give absolutely everything to that club and i think neil did i don't think there's any doubt that that you know people might not have liked his style but you know he he got us out of a bit of a hole yeah if you look at it now after 77 days and what 14 games i think it's oh okay, I, I did have the numbers but it's uh, it's about a 35% win average 36% win average or something like that which is which is not bad not good um we're only a place above where we were when he arrived but I think the important thing is we're probably between 9 and 12 points away from saving ourselves. This is a difficult time, though. So, first of all, I mean, your views on Neil's departures. Billy, what do you think? Um, well, I said uh, somewhere else that is, I kind of had frustrated indifference about it. Like, if, if he's going to go, kind of best to get it over and done with. Um and like on the kind of stepping stone point, I don't think he's even really had enough time to use us as a stepping stone. There's not really enough of a body of work there to say definitively, this is what this Cambridge United side was going to be. And that's kind of where the frustration comes in because I felt we were trying to build something and now we've got to kind of start that project again, especially now that the January transfer window has gone. You've had a manager come in who's brought some players in that he wanted to sign, and now someone's going to come in and it's going to be someone else's squad, essentially. So challenges ahead, but, you know, I'm still kind of hopeful and I'm confident that everyone at the club will do everything in their utmost to make sure they get the right appointment. Yeah, and you look at it and uh, I don't want to put Salim on the spot here because we we always end up doing this. What do you think of it? I'm not even going to ask you that one. I mean, it was was one of those things that to to everyone this came as as a bit of a shock. I I suspect, I mean, it, it came as a shock to Neil. Okay, he might have actually known about it a few days earlier because he might have got wind of it because the club might have, uh, you know, I don't want to get, you know, they shouldn't have approached him, but they might have had a chat with him and he might have been made aware of what was going to happen. Who knows? But I, I don't think it, it certainly wasn't planned. There's no way you can plan for that. And it is, but it, it, it's unfortunate. And I think the thing that most people are rightly upset about but there's nothing a lot you can do about it it's just the timing it's not a great time 14 games from the end of the season when we still need a good number of points to save ourselves but it is what it is and footballers you, you, it's not like you'll suddenly stop playing because you're really upset about it you get on with what you're getting on with yeah exactly I think um, within the industry we often say that football is a sliding doors um, industry where 
one door closes and you wait for another one to open. Um, I've just come back from St George's Park and one of the quotes that they've got on the wall there uh, in the medical room is your best um, ability is your availability. And so that to speak on the point of um, Neil being, you know, using Cambridge United as a stepping stone, perhaps if he didn't come to Cambridge and, you know, get another job, then he wouldn't have proven that, you know, he's still able to do it and then he doesn't get that opportunity. So for his yeah. own career development, um, that's great for him, as horrible as it is as it sounds. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that, that's that's what you have to do in the industry. And um, like Billy said as well, he's barely been in for, for that long. Uh, I still don't really know how I feel personally about it too much because I didn't get to know yeah. the gaffer that much you know mm. I wasn't I've still not been playing or anything like that like, we've had some conversations he's a really nice guy I've got the utmost respect for him but this is the industry so like you said you just you just learn to get on with it and move on and it could have been a lot lot worse in terms of you know situations so yeah yeah, yeah. so I think I think hopefully we've got Matt on the line Matt you there Hey Tim, how you doing? Yeah not too bad so what what I mean sum up the feelings on Neil leaving um, well, I, I think it was very underhand on the way it was done. Um, after, I think there's a little bit of skullduggery gone on behind it. Um, you know, rumours around that he told the players after the, the Bolton game as well that he was leaving, suggests that Millwood already had a conversation even before the, the approach went into the football club. And, um, you know, it's, it's incredibly disappointing. Uh, I mean, Blame Neil, you know, at the end of the day, he is a Millwall legend. He, he, you know, he does love that football club. He's made no bones about that. And who wouldn't go, you know, up another league and, you know, earn more money and have a crack at, you know, keeping, a, you know, his hometown team as such, you know, to keep him up, you know. So I don't blame him. I just don't like the way it's been done. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's interesting because I mean, logically, yes, you, there are times when you're you're allowed to make a formal approach. Obviously, they would have sounded him out about it before that, and it, it could have even been a couple of days before you know the whole thing before they actually got rid of the I can't think of his name, the current manager, uh, I don't know, Joe whoever, Edwards. Yeah, Joe uh, Edwards. Right, yeah. But. Uh, so that they obviously will have spoken to him before then, just to make sure that you know they, they had the ducks in a row because they want they would have wanted to do it quickly. And obviously, the one advantage we've got is that well, one would hope that we're smart enough to have. I mean, it was an eighteen-month contract, so it won't be huge, but there must be a payout that yeah. goes. Well, there is a payout that goes with yeah. it. Do you know the weird thing is? I haven't seen a number quoted yet. No, Whenever no. you see anything like this, there's always somebody goes, "Oh, it's quarter of a million, mate. Quarter of a million. How do you know?" Or oh, I was in the bar and I, and I saw it written. Down on a bit of paper, and you see, no, you didn't. I think the fashionable undisclosed fee. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what, what does that mean? The, the interesting thing is, we were talking about, we were talking about as they go out to the market for a new manager, because I, um, I'm assuming, I mean, Barry Corr's made it clear that he's not. He's not out for the job. I think, obviously, if we gave it him, I, I presume he would take it if it was given to him. But I don't think, I, I not that I've got anything against Barry. I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure that he's the man to lead us into the final 14 yeah. games of the season when we've got it. Particularly because we'll presumably need, we'll, we'll presumably then want to strengthen the team with somebody in mind. If they're not already there, then you obviously want to make sure that they're in place, see the see the squad as it is before they get to do a, a transfer window. You were going to say something? Yeah, yeah. So just on that, I think with the managerial appointment, it's unfortunate that we're kind of back to square one with looking for the right, <laughs> yeah. person, for the right person again to to kind of do a job. Um, I think the board will be quite 
patient with that like they were last yeah. time and then they've got to move with some urgency as well um, and this time obviously we don't have another transfer window yeah. um, to, to, and that's to, it to that's why we've, so we've got to make sure this is the, the right, right yeah. the, the interesting thing is I mean Gary Rowett and uh, uh, Mickey Duff apart from Barry Cord are the three favourites for it so we yeah. could end up with another mill, ex-mill war manager so if Neil doesn't last yeah. there we could it's obviously offload circle. a second yeah. one <laughs> I did want to ask um, Matt if he's still there um, how he would have liked the Neil Harris situation to have been handled because I heard obviously he said he wasn't happy with it it's just interesting to know how he would have liked it to have gone down well I, I think Salim um, you know as we know and as as, as we've all stated is you know obviously there'd been some sort of conversation held between Millwall and uh, Neil Harris you know whether it was you know after the car game or at the weekend or even previously, and if you look at what Barry said, you know, um, and what what was reported, you know, Tuesday evening the players were told that he was going, and then the the approach came, as far as we know, from Millwall on the Wednesday into the football club. Um, but he'd already, ba- you know, Neil had basically already packed his bags and he was off, you know, no matter what. So, you know, if they were going to do that type of thing, I think you know I'd have kind of preferred it you know, before the Bolton game, like it had done at the beginning of the week. So Barry would have had, you know, another game. Um, and, you know, the thing is as well is with the Bolton game, if, if the club knew, why would you let Neil take control of that game if he was already going to go? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, yeah it, that's, that's There's something really fishy about it, which I, I, I don't like. And that's why I feel like the, the football club themselves probably didn't know anything until something was you know, yeah. until Neil said after Tuesday evening, and, yeah. and I think I think you're probably right. I think the problem is, of course, it happens so quickly. You know, the, mm. I mean, it, even the rumor mill hadn't started until yeah. uh, earlier on Tuesday when they'd finally let go uh, Joe Edwards. Yeah. Then then they started looking at who might be there, and 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 Neil Harris's name was it that was then started to be mentioned in tweets. So I think it is. I think partly is it just everything happened so quickly. I was saying before the show started, we we were doing the post match interviews. And normally Neil comes out of the uh, players' tunnel and then turns turns around and goes back down another tunnel to do the uh, club video recording out of the way and then comes out and does the press call. And it was really interesting that this time what he did was he came out and he went to all the players that were warming down by the, uh, um, the South Stand end and shook their hands and gave them a hug. And, and I just completely innocently, I said, mm. you know, that looks really weird. That looks like he's saying goodbye. Mm. And we all, we all laughed about it. Thought, oh, yeah. Right, and then you know, less than 24 hours later, we were all proved completely right, and lots of other people in the stadium noticed it as well. I mean, there were there's still quite a few people when it happened, and they there were several comments on Twitter that uh, it was uh, it looked a bit like he was yeah. saying goodbye because he came out to the Newmarket Road end, even though we'd lost, and kind of waved at them and everything. Yeah. So I, he obviously knew, even if no one else did at that stage. And then Ben Strang and Alex were both sitting at standing out on the pitch for an awful long time after the game, having a discussion that was far enough away so that. Obviously, nobody, everyone okay. could see that they weren't invited to come over and say hello. Yeah. So th- there was obviously, by, by the time that game finished, it had all been done and dusted, I would guess, apart from formally. But interestingly, speaking to uh, the, the press team, that we didn't get anything until I think we got something at half five for yeah. the six o'clock embargo. So literally, yeah. the minimum amount of time that we could put something together for it. So I think it was all it was all just very late and kind yeah. of uh, okay. So it's happened now, and we draw a line underneath it. Uh, how bad do you think that is for us, Matt? 
Um, I think it upset us this week. Um, you know, I think, you know, whether, as I say, we knew before the Bolton game or, that, as I say, we don't think the players knew, um, you know, I, I think maybe in Neil's mind, the way we played might have impacted it because, you know, we, you know, with respect, maybe it wasn't too fast, although I think he's professional enough to try and win the game. Um, yes, I think yesterday it had a bit of an impact as well. Um, you know, I think the players were just a little bit off it. Um, you know, and it, it's a, you know, especially with a high pressure derby game like we had yesterday, where you know everybody wants to win it. You know, it's local bragging rights amongst anything else. Um, you know, I think it, it certainly did have an effect for for this week. Uh, going forward, so, you know, by the sounds of it, um, you know, from what Barry's been saying, you know, there are plans in place for, for Tuesday. Sounds like he's going to take charge of Tuesday's game against Steve Mid and potentially the Bolton game, which, you know, I think Barry would, would want to know or should know already because at the end of the day, he'll want to make plans for that one as well because there are two different types of games coming up. So um, you would hope that will be a bit more refreshed ready for Tuesday. But yeah, I, I think certainly yesterday's game, it, it certainly had some sort of effect on the players. I don't think they were quite at the, the races. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they just a little bit off the pace, you know, just weren't quite there. There was just something lacking yesterday and um, that's not to say that they didn't try hard um, because they did you know they did try hard they did work hard but yeah the the, the golfing quality was was there unfortunately there to see wasn't it it was a mm. bit up you know depressing <laughs> really yeah. and truly to say that they were the better team but yeah they were much better team yesterday posh weren't they yeah, I think. I mean, I think in the end, it was it it, it was the result. The, I mean, it was the result that we probably deserved. We had some chances that we missed. They had some gift chances that they missed. Mm. Uh, the referee did his best to mess the game up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. and, uh, you know, it, it's like it's just weird. Some, sometimes I, I just don't get referees at all, mm. and we, we 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 I've given up talking about them now. But there you go. Uh, but yeah, I think in the end, it, it, it was probably a fair result. Um, if we'd got a goal in that first half where we had that pressure it might it might have ended yeah, differently because different i think peterborough although they were they were probably better than us they weren't as good as they have been the rest of the season mm. and they've had some very poor results recently so uh, um yeah uh, it, it is what it is and i think i think obviously whatever happens it, it must be on players minds uh, when something like this happens so you are kind of you know you it, it certainly distracts in a way that is unnecessary but 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 not really to be uh, to be helped but uh, just looking at the uh, the the current odds. So so Barry Core is still in at six to one, as is Gary Monk, Gary Rower, and Michael Duff. And you've got mm. Eric Gareth Ainsworth at eight to one, Ian Birchnell at oh God, yeah. ten to one. <laughs> Please not. De- Derek Adams at twelve to one. I'm just I'm just seeing what where Mark Bonner is in the list. Is he is he, is he actually yeah here he is there. Twenty to one Mark Bonner to come back. Uh, uh Paul Heckingbottom is in the list as well. Yeah, same Brian. odds as Mark Bonner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean it, it's did, Joking about Mark Bonner, it's interesting. No one's mentioned that on social media. The Bonner in campaign hasn't started yet. But what do, what do you what do you think about? <laughs> I mean, Neil's going back to the the club he loves, the club he played for, the club he did so well at. Mm. Is it a good idea to go back and manage a club a second time round, Billy? Well, I would. Well, I think Neil Harris gave it a few years before he went back, and I think in the case of Mark Bonner, it would be good to see him go somewhere outside of the Cambridge United ecosystem and kind of prove and show like how good a manager he can be because you know we had some really good times uh, under Mark Bonner so to maybe 
allow like like if we talk about players progression throughout their career to see him develop and as Barry Kaur's talking about his progression to see them develop and then maybe in the future have the potential to come in but now would not be the right time I think we just need some experience and it, yeah. it is interesting because okay, I was chatting to somebody yesterday about it saying you know uh, it, it, I bet Mark Bonner's laughing and I thought I bet he's not really no. A because he got he got sacked and therefore he's yeah. not but but also because Mark Bonner isn't like he's Cambridge through and yeah, through fan, so yeah, he? he's not gonna, he's not going to laugh at the, uh, the troubles that, that go on mm. there but I mean we, we've talked about this before Gary Wright uh, Matt is he still your favourite for the job him and Michael Duff um, are two of my favourites. I think, you know, they, they offer different things. Gary Rout has got that experience. Um, he'll get that togetherness and he'll, he'll make us, you know, hard to beat. I hate to say he's similar to sort of Neil Harris, but in some cases he is. He is that type of manager. And then in the type of situation that we're in, that is one type of manager you want. Uh, Michael Duff is, you know, the, the sort of Mark Bonner style manager, a young manager but he's done very very well on a limited budget uh, at Cheltenham went to Barnsley got him into the playoff final and you know was very unlucky there again very very hard team to beat I mean you know he, he beats quite comfortably twice and probably quite a few times in his with his Cheltenham team as well went to Swansea um, you know I've got a friend who's a Swansea fan and um, he said like you know that you try to change the style of football which obviously doesn't go well down well at Swansea because you know they like to play all the, the total football passing stuff but he tried to make them a little bit harder to beat and you know a bit more I'll say direct as such but um, you know those are the two favourites that I'd like uh, you know I think you know, apparently you know Gareth, Gareth Ainsworth was in the director's box I heard um, God help us Luke Perry him. was like, around yesterday as well yeah well he can take it if he oh, wants yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. be player manager that, that would do you know but um, yeah no uh, I think yeah Gary Rowett you know for the experience or Michael Duff for you know rebuilding on a tight budget and getting in good players they're my two favourites and as I say well God, you know, God help us if it's Gary Monk. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know where that one's come from, to be honest. Is yeah. it, but you never know where that, yeah. you know, somebody produces odds, that just means someone went in and put, I could probably get you into the running if I put, <laughs> if I put 50 quid on it, you'd probably appear in the odds list. Yeah, I'm though, doing my level one coaching <laughs> badges, so you never know. All right, I'm having 50 quid on, on Billy then, so come on. We'll start well, the Billy in campaign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let's, 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 uh, let's let Barry Corr have the uh, last say about uh, the Peterborough game. Uh, let me just bring that one up there and we'll uh, listen to what he had to say about uh, what went on there. Barry, it was always going to be a challenge this afternoon, but a game that was summed up really by a goal of fortune or misfortune, and I'd imagine you're a very frustrated figure at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I said it to the players after the game about um, the things that we could control today and uh, and one of them things was the you know our application and how much sweat was on the shirt at the end of the day and uh, and I thought you know they were spot on in, in, in that respect um, they were totally committed to the game um, I said in the week Peter were a good team and they make you work hard um, it's frustrating the, the goal that um, that they scored it's, it's a cross that's that snuck into the back post um, the reality is that we had to work so hard without the ball that we probably just couldn't didn't have the energy then when it turned over and when we were finding our, ourselves in, in moments to transition to attack um, but like I said the, the application of players are spot on and it's and it's frustrating like I say to, to lose the game with a you know conceding the goal like that 
Noel Taylor, a missing today, of course. Um, how difficult was the decision in terms of how you went from an attacking perspective? It looked a very fluid system and you had a little bit of getting in behind at times in the first half. Yeah, but that was the that was the tour process. We know how, like I mentioned, how good they are in, in their in their build phase where they'll um, they'll move you about. But we thought we could take advantage of um, of counter attacking situations, and we wanted the, the attacking players to be fast and dynamic. Um, so that that was the tour processes behind that with um, with catcher as a nine and, and Langs as a ten. And I thought we, we we managed to you know press them high up the pitch. You know it's difficult because that's almost what they want you to do, and you have to get it spot on because if you don't then you leave their attacking players in big spaces to attack so I thought in the, in the first half we, we you know we done that well we made regains high up the pitch we we tried to find our counter-attacking moments but maybe you know the, the effort we were putting in without the ball didn't didn't allow us um, that little bit of quality um, yeah and you know I don't have any I'm not totally um the scoreline, the team that were on the front foot won the game. It's frustrating that it was the goal that it was. I can't really complain too much because they had good chances in the game, but we had a few little chances and we also, for me, had a nailed-on penalty on, on, on James Brophy in the second half as well. So then it's, it's frustrating when it, when it ends up like that. You mentioned Jack Lancaster, a couple of good chances in the first half, pulled saves from, from Jed Steer, and his, his game start to finish was was one that would have pleased you this afternoon. Yeah, I think he'd he, he done really well. Um, say he had a, a, a good chance and their keeper made a good save in the first half. And again, he, he put loads into the game um, and you could you could see it, you know, he was um, he was tired at the end and I thought everybody was. It's, it's difficult. We wanted it at the end to look, to really pin Peterborough back and make them defend in the last 10, 15 minutes, but they, they keep the ball so well. Um, we couldn't quite, you know, gain as much momentum as we wanted to. Um, we still had a few little half chances. Um, so, disappointing. But yeah, the, the Again, I'll just say I have. I think the the boys were totally committed to the game and and um, no no problems with how they approached it. And again, just there's loads of disappointment in the changing room, um, particularly conceding a goal like we did that was a cross that found its way into the back post. Yeah, I was going to say it was a, a, a game in which I mean, both mentally and physically, is draining for both sets of players and very error strewn at times. The goal when it came was. There an element of disappointment in terms of the way it was conceded, Barry. Well, it's one of those things, you know. It, it's a, it's a, it's a cross. Morrow's come to just, um, you know, kind of nudge the striker under the ball, and it's and it's found its way in. Um, it's found its way in at the back post. It's one of those it's random, random things that happens in football. Sometimes they go beyond the post. Sometimes they go inside the post. And, and it wasn't uh, luck wasn't with us today in that respect. But um, you know that's football. Would you wanted a, a little bit more from your side in the, in the final third? Obviously, you made the changes late in the game. Adam May and Brandon and Joku come on. But was it just one of those days where it just wasn't going to happen for you at the top end of the pitch? Um, I think we put so much effort in without the ball that you know we do. I've no doubt. We have lots of quality at the top end of the pitch, but we had to put in so much effort to, um, you know, to, to to contain them, and we had to put so much effort in without the ball that I thought that, you know, it probably showed when we did have our attacking moments.
sense that there was maybe just a little bit of a lack of energy in, in the attacking moments. And I, I understand that. I know what it's like when you play against a good possession-based team that make you do the yards um, to find another little another gear when you need to go and, and find attacking moments. So um, it, there isn't a lack of quality in the team, no, no, no doubt about that. I just think maybe a lack of energy because we had to work so hard without the ball. Yeah, 100% commitment and effort. Everyone could see that. The endeavour was there. And I guess it's been such a tricky and challenging week. How proud are you of your players in terms of how they've focused for today? Yeah, like they're a good bunch of guys, you know. Um, and, and I said, you know, I said before the Fleetwood game as well, you can't control what the outcome will be, but you can control all the things you put into the game and, and that is the, the work rate and, you know... Um, all the things, all the processes it, take and it takes to win a game. But um, it wasn't quite with us today. Like I said, the, the, they scored a goal that sneaks in at the back post and, and we quite can't quite find our moments. But that's football. We'll, we'll go again. Um, loads of disappointment in the changing room, but we'll go again, dust ourselves down and, and get ready for Stevenage on Tuesday. Hey, looking ahead to that game against Stevenage and, of course, next Saturday up at Bolton, two huge games. Uh, still the case that you expect yourself and Kevin to be in charge for those two, Barry? Um, at, at this moment, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I haven't heard anything different. I'd imagine that the club are working really hard behind the scenes and, and getting whatever they do, their interview processes in place. And um, But for this moment, yeah, we'll, we'll prep for, for them next two games and, and see what happens. As you said, uh, Matt, you're kind of looking at, you know, you'd hope that he'd, he'd at least be... I mean, I would think it's whatever happens, it's unlikely that, that whoever replaces him is going to come in before Saturday. So you would assume he's going to be there for both the Stevenage and the Bolton game. Both of them very difficult games. So the last thing you want to do is mess around that. I would assume they'd at least say, look, definitely until Saturday, even if we manage to interview people on Monday or Tuesday, get them in. That wouldn't be till Thursday, Friday. There's no point in then bringing them in to make any major decisions. They might show them off if they're around but I can't see that them actually being taken charge this weekend No I can't either I, I think um, as you say you, you know let Barry take the Stevenage game as, as as is right and then hopefully have the the man in the stands ready for, for the Bolton game so he can you know look at the, the players um, you know they're two really tough games where we're not really expected to get anything so, um, you know, the, the new manager can have a look and see, you know, what we've got and how we play and, uh, you know, the options that we have as well. And then he's got a fresh week um, going into the Northampton game, which is probably the, the game that we'd be aiming at, at trying to get points. So, um, yeah, you know, just get the interview process, you know, started uh, or hopefully completed by the end of the week have the new man in the stands as, as quick as we possibly can and, you know, get him out on the training pitch the following Monday ready for the Northampton home game because, you know, the, the way it's going, you know, we might need, need to end up winning that game because, you know, the gap's, I think, five points now and, um, you know, it, it could be closed by the end of the week, which is something that we don't want at all. Yeah, so, that's certainly true. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. There's, there's what, 14, I think it's 14 games left have we got now? Mm-hmm. No, 13 or, uh, yeah, 13 games left now. Um, we're on 38 points. I think it's going to be, 50 will probably see you safe this year, somewhere between 47 and 50 is statistically where you need to be. Um, we are statistically, if you look at the uh, home and away form versus home and away games that are left, we're predicted to be just a point or two above the uh, relegation zone. Um, but 12 points is still needed and as you say Stevenage and Bolton aren't likely to be one um, Northampton is actually listed as a win for us in the prediction the predicted uh, results which I think that's going to be a difficult one yeah, as well we struggled away. and then 
we need we need to do it before the end of the season because if you look, I mean, I think we've got Port Vale as uh, one of the last games of the season who mm. are going to be there or thereabouts. They're yeah. going to be fighting really hard for it. So, you know, it, it could be a very interesting end to the season, but hopefully we don't, you know, hopefully we can keep that separation and not really be in that fight because it will be so much easier for whoever's coming in rather than the added pressure of potentially being relegated, you know, after 13 <laughs> games in charge, which is not really what you want, is it? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I, almost, I almost think that this situation is, whilst it doesn't look too bad at the moment, it could quickly develop yeah, it, it and could. turn out to be even tougher than yeah. what Neil Harris walked into. Yeah. yeah. I, that makes it harder to <coughs> appoint someone. Because it, everyone... it does. And, and, and the other thing that should make it, I think I'm sure it makes it harder is because every, uh, because all of the agents of the managers that are out there have suddenly added, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50, 100,000 on knowing that there's going to be a big compensation fee for it. So they've just upped the wages that these people yeah. are going to be asking for as well. I'm sure that's happening. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you know, we're 17th currently, 38 points, but there's only five points clear of Cheltenham. Um, and Cheltenham are, are on a bit of a on a bit of a run, if, if that's true. But uh, Carlisle and F- uh, Fleet would likely to, to to be definite downs. Port Vale, Cheltenham, Charlton, Shrewsbury, Burton, Cambridge, and possibly even Reading. Uh, yeah, 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 and that's that's a bad position to be in. But. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it could get worse. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't. Uh, you know, if we can if we can manage to surprise against either Stevenage or Bolton, that would go a long way to uh, making people a little happier. But even um, Exeter as well. I'm looking at them. They're what, forty points. Two yeah, points more than yeah. Us, but two games yeah. more than us. And it, and it, I mean, even Wigan. You know, yeah. they're, okay, they're probably safe enough. Yeah. But uh, they've played they've played more more games than some of the teams down at the bottom. So it, it is it's close, and I think a lot of people could end up being in those bottom four. Um, like last season with yeah. you know MK finishing there. Yeah, we just we just don't want to do the last game of the season yeah, thing no. again because I think that Port Vale game will be. I mean, our record against Port Vale is poor anyway. And the last yeah, thing yeah. you want to be doing is fighting again for the last day of the season. We've at done it place. once. It's not. Yeah, and that's the worst thing is you've got to travel home at the end of that if you've been relegated. It's <laughs> not good. <laughs> you don't show up next season. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go, uh, Matt. Thanks very much for uh, joining us. We'll uh, talk to you again next week. Cheers. Take care, guys. Bye. Right, so, yeah, I think I think everyone is pleased to be able to draw. It was that it was funny yesterday. I was watching Twitter feed coming into the get to coming into the Peterborough game, and there were some people saying, "Can't wait till three o'clock! Can't wait till three o'clock!" And there were people going, "Hang on, you, you do know it's a twelve o'clock start." And some bright bark space. So no, they're probably just waiting for three o'clock till it's all over, and we can draw a line under the week, which is probably true. But uh, yeah, um, well, well, we'll we'll we wait with bated breath to see what happens. I think there will be a new manager. I think there will be a new manager quickly um, but I hope that Barry uh, gets to enjoy two games uh, and possibly bring some points out of the uh, two the, wins that'd be nice <laughs> Again, if, 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 I tell you if, if he wins two games if he wins both uh, Stevenage and Bolton yeah. I'll, I'll be there as uh, Barry yeah, indefinitely yeah, yeah, we're not having anyone else if he manages to do that <laughs> it, I mean I think it, it, it's almost a bit of a free pass because you know we can use we can use the excuse of being managerless or you know actually managerless we can you know, we can use Barry's inexperience, whatever. Uh, and we weren't expected, I don't think, to really pick up points in these two games. So let's play with a bit of freedom and actually, yeah. you know, see what we can do. That you know, we okay, we, we held our own against Bolton for a while. Uh, mm. Stevenage is always just a, I mean, it's Swap. never, it's never a great game. No. Um, I'm not there, so we're obviously because something's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Billy, you, Billy could be in charge by, when, yeah, by yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'll be in the stands. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> we'll be talking. 
talking. We should actually. We definitely start a rumor. Just saying, <laughs> Harling Waters was noticed in the stands, and everyone will go who? who? Yeah. And we can even make. We'll even put a wiki page up for you. And make, make up some. <laughs> uh, we'll take a break now, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about the other bits of football, particularly uh, Cambridge United women and Histon. Broadcasting from the city centre on FM, digital, and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. When we come back, uh, we'll be talking about uh, all things history. Out in the country, far from all the subtle noise of the city, there's a village green. It's been a long time since I last said eyes on the church. Uh, oh, I'm fading. I'm fading Matt up, even though he's not there. Let me let me fade the music down instead and get this. I swear, I do need this training. Sorry, Julian, <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, right, OK, Histon. Um, so, uh, Histon had a second uh, 5-0 uh, loss to Daventry a couple of weeks back now. Uh, first one, to be fair, was just as Chris Nunn started. I think he'd been in for about 15 minutes before that well, that game started, so not really holding him to account for that one. Uh, it was interesting what he had to say about the, you'll hear in a minute, about the Daventry game and being, it was perhaps a good thing to be beaten so that they kind of realise they're not as good as they think they are and, and, and get back to it um, but uh, four games unbeaten two wins in a row now uh, since then it's uh, it, it's it's looking good. I mean, Histon are now in this difficult position where they're not going to get relegated, or at least it would be unlikely they would. They're not yeah. going to get promoted. They can finish further up the league if they if they get in there. The, their big focus, though, now is obviously the Cam's Invitational Cup. Yeah. Um, I think Soham are playing Cambridge uh, City, yeah. so it could be a City-Histon final, or yeah. it could be a Wisbeach-Soham final, yeah. or it could be anything in between. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting, but uh, certainly Histon very keen on doing that. Billy spoke to uh, Chris Nunn uh, this morning. Morning. This is what Chris had to say about the game. Great result for you yesterday, especially given that you were one 0 down at half time. You know how how do you feel that your side did, particularly in that second half? I mean, first, yeah, absolutely delighted. It was a brilliant second half performance. Awful first half an hour, and um, we we won last week against Dainsbury, and we were so pleased with how we played first half and felt we lost our way second half. And we spoke a lot about more about the second half than what we did the first half from last week. So at half time, that was my talk. Really, we were one nil down. Probably fortunate to be one nil down. Could have been more. And I said, let's make sure we're talking about the second half. Not the first half today, and, and in fairness to the lads, you know, second half they were outstanding, and um, based upon the second half performances, a fully deserved victory. What do you think your side did differently in the second half? Well, we had um, Roachy was injured, so we had a, a new keeper in yesterday, and I signed him the day before. Brad Shaw, young keeper, first game for us. And we sort of spoke about no back passes, first 15 minutes, you know, sticky conditions as well. We spoke about um, not looking for the ball from the keeper for the first 15 minutes, making sure we just try and play safe, let him get into the game, get to know the players. First time we'd met anybody yeah. um, when he got to the ground yesterday. And and we didn't do that. We, we were just looking for the ball and we were playing on the edge of our box. And it was just, it was not the time or the place. You know, they could have had a, two or three goals early because of that. And the boys just didn't take on board what I wanted from them. But second half, they did, you know, and, and second half, they responded really well. We were more positive. We did change our formation midway through the second half, which helped as well. But above all, it was just, your football sometimes you get caught up too much with the um, 
formations and everything else. You've got to have a bit of heart, you know, you've got to have a bit of fight. And we, we didn't do that first half, but second half, everything was missing in the ingredients first half was their second half, and it just made such a difference. And it was a joy to watch. My next question was going to be about the formations, but instead what I'll ask is, did any of the players, you know, who, who particularly showed that heart that you were talking about? Who, who impressed you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, firstly, I, I thought uh, Jake Kieran's um, got his first goal for the club. You know, it was a new corner that we'd worked on and we scored from it, so that was great. I mean, and he, he he led by example, as did Max York at the back. It was it was like a, uh, I did pinpoint the defence first half because of how they played, and I, I felt it stemmed from them some of the problems we had in second half. They were outstanding, you know, and they really they really stood out at the back and yeah that, the, the, the bad that come first half was the good that come second half so yeah, no, that's you good. know that, that them two yeah done really well and now you've managed to bounce back your side have bounced back really well from the daventry uh, defeat but you now are unbeaten in four and now that's two wins in a row like how eager are you to now just continue that momentum forward yeah, look, we've got a massive game on Tuesday, Cup semi-final. So that, mm. that's obviously, you know, and our thoughts at the moment now, trying to just see who's fit and, and, and that for that. But yeah, the important thing for us in February was we knew after, we knew the Daventry second half performance wasn't us, mm. you know, and, and we knew that. And sometimes you have to be, you have to take a kick in or good hiding, if you like, mm. to actually make you realise where you are. And, and that gave us a bit of an eye opener. You know, we, we're not as good as we think we are. And, and in, in football, things can change really quickly. You know, you know, you can have two bad results and everything's doom and gloom. Two good results and you're the greatest team in the world. So after Daventry, we had to look at ourselves because that's all you can do in football. There's no point pointing the finger at anybody else. You've got to point at ourselves and we've done that. And the boys have responded really well. And the two draws, you know, could have been two victories as well. But overall, I've just been pleased with... We're a very young team at the moment. You know, we had another young under-18 player come on for the first team for the first time. It's a young Finn. But it's just, there's a bit of togetherness that's building and a bit of momentum. And that's what we're going to continue between now and the end of the season. And that will benefit you going into the semi-final. And the other question I wanted to ask ahead of the semi-final is, how are you looking in terms of injuries after yesterday? Yeah, Sunday morning's always hard to tell yeah. exactly where we are. There was a couple of knocks that we picked up. We'll probably know a bit more end of play today, maybe tomorrow morning. But I don't think there's anything too serious. We're hoping Rochi will be fit. I think, like I said yesterday, I think if we didn't have the game on Tuesday, I'd, I'd have probably pushed to start him, but he probably needed a breather. Joe Sutton was sub mm. yesterday, Will Summerfield, Danny Zuko. They're all lads I'd be expecting to, mm. to be okay to play on Tuesday. So they were on the bench yesterday. So, yeah, I mean, it's a really big game to look forward to. And it's nice going into it in, in some decent form. So, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, you've been mentioning for a while that you really want to win that competition. So how much would it mean to Histon Football Club to win that competition, but first, obviously, get to the final? Well, I, th I think, yeah, I mean, we, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but we want to have a winning mentality, you know, and we want to go into every game looking to win whoever we play. Uh, Whiz Beach away is tough. Whiz Beach away on a Tuesday night is really tough. So we know it's a really hard game, but let's be honest, any semi-final you play is going to be difficult. So it's a competition that you don't get the chance to win many competitions. You know, we entered the FA Cup realistically. Well, we're not going to win it, are we? Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, you enter the FA Vars, you've got more chance of winning that than the FA Cup, but only just. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what, what other competitions are there? So mm -hmm. <clears throat> you've got the County Cup and we, we want to be, you know, away from Cambridge United and Peterborough. We want to be the best team in Cambridge, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So... 
well, certainly the best non-league team. So yeah. that's our that's our target. That's our aim. And you know, I'm, I'm sure Cambridge City have a lot to say about that. But that, that you know, it's like that's that's where we want to be. So Wisbeach is going to be really really tough, but we've got to make it tough for them. It's it's interesting. I mean, they the fortunes have definitely changed. Your manager change that come in. Again, probably an unexpected one. Lance is an institution, probably more so than Mark Bonner was yeah, at Cambridge. Yeah, yeah. So, to, to, to they finally they gave him they gave him time, they gave him their support, um, and and it was the kind of support that no, you know normally you think that's the kiss of death, but it but it wasn't. He was he was around for a long time, and and he's had, I think you know he's had such good success with them, and so you know ups and ups and downs throughout his his management career there. Obviously, being a player there, um, it. It's, you know, it's always difficult. So they made that decision eventually. Chris Nunn comes in managing from managing Rushton and Diamonds, who mm. were doing incredibly badly, and people were questioning whether it was even a good appointment. Um, and then they, they, and I think unfairly, people, people, where people pointed to the first five nil win against Daventry said, "See, we knew it was a bad mm. appointment." Very unfair because he'd only been there. I don't think he'd even taken a training session by the time he took that one over. Um, but since then, they've, you know, they've done really well. They've solidified themselves. Yes, they, they could be better uh, yes they could be further up the league but there's the, I don't think there's any chance they're going to be fighting out at the bottom of the league this year yeah it's, it's, it's an interesting one because it's actually after the interview there I was just speaking to Chris and I was saying like because since they've come in they have actually been largely very consistent mm. and it's actually a bit of a weird one that they have actually picked up quite a lot of points because they're now double the amount yeah. of points of Leicester Nirvana at the bottom, but yet they haven't really moved up the table. So it is a bit of a strange situation to be in there. Yeah, it, was, it is interesting because I, I thought after after thinking after thinking they won again today, I thought, oh well, they must be sort of like approaching the middle of the table, but they're still sixteenth. Yeah. But that that sixteenth is you know they are literally two. To a win away from potentially being, th- you know, thirteenth in the table, two wins away from being middle of the table, depending on. So I think it's just that other results higher up are going aren't going with them. Yeah. Um, but uh, obviously, uh, you know, they they need to they need to they need to have one eye down there but when you look it's only two down so they've got 16 points away so it would have to be a yeah. not only would they have to collapse and not win again I think Desborough and Leicester Nirvana would have to win every game pretty much to actually uh, overtake so they are in that difficult position where there's not a lot to play for so the, the cup becomes more important yeah, yeah, well, exactly and I've, when I've been speaking to Chris he's said numerous times that yeah. like the cup is like the priority because in the interview there he's saying you know you're not going to get to win like they're not going to win the FA Cup they're not going to be like <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice to even mention that one, really, because I think we'd figured that one. Out. I actually, I actually, I actually took that bit out of the air because I didn't oh, want to embarrass no, no, anyone. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's okay. No, no, I was just saying, but he's still have had a good history in the FA Cup, so I, was, so I did say to him, "It's like you never know. You keep believing." But, <laughs> but, 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 but a win to them was. I mean, the Leeds, the, yeah. the Leeds game. You, you keep going back, and this is this is. You look at you look at people people that you see around the place. We found out there's a, a, a Russian enclave of uh, Histon fans. Oh, really? And you think, how did that happened and it happened because of the Leeds game they oh, said wow. that it was it was televised they saw the Leeds Histon cool. game oh this was back in ooh, oh, well, the, I, I'd the, hate to say uh, it's a long it's oh, a long time know. ago it's like 2006 yeah, uh, around that time sorry and that you know and that's and that's the magic of the FA Cup these yeah. things happen but uh, yeah it, it was it was rapidly downhill yeah. unfortunately for, as far as the 
the league was concerned. Yeah, the Cam's invitation trophy, I think, is yeah. a lot more realistic <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's interesting. He wants to be he wants to be the best non-league club in yeah. uh, in Cambridge, which which is great. Yeah, well, they were. It, they it, have been it, in the past. It could it could set them up with a yeah. City Histon final in that one as yeah. well, which then 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 there'd have been be an interesting good. thing is, yeah. is whether they could actually uh, put that through, but. Uh, from uh, from one cup episode to another, let's just finish off by talking about uh, Cambridge United women. Um, it's I, and I'm I'm a bit disappointed that this game isn't at the Abbey, partly because I could actually get there for for, for most of the game if it was at the Abbey. But now it's at St Neots. Um, I've got plenty of I've got a long way to go to get there. But I am going to try and get there for the second half. Um, uh, Ten minutes to kick off there. It, it's a great. I mean, you know, it's it's a national competition. It's uh, 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 Barnsley, uh, you know, a, a good side. There's Derby and there's Exeter are the only people left in it as, apart from us two. So, it, you know, it's great. There's a chance they could be in a national final um, and, you know, all the publicity that goes with it. I say it's a pity. I, I mean, United will have had their reasons probably because the gay, the pitch Sorry. has been busy yeah. recently and they don't want to cut it up when it, when it was forecast to be wet this weekend. But it, it is a shame, I think, that, you know, there's going to be another game at uh, um, the Abbey, but it's not going to be this one. Mm. Uh, just for the fact that if it's more convenient, more people would have come. We've had, we've had 500 odd people at yeah. the Abbey. Uh, I don't suppose they'll get 500 there at St Neas today but you never know we'll, I'll see when I get there but uh, it, it's a huge thing for them spoke to um, I was going to say Gary then <laughs> Gary Rahn Gary Rahn's come to manage the women <laughs> uh, uh, I spoke to Darren uh, yesterday uh, just before uh, just before no just after the uh, the Peterborough game so this is what he had to say about uh, the win in, the, in midweek and then uh, this weekend's game it's been a big week for women's football this uh, this week. You've got uh, another win under your belt, Sudbury, two in a row, and of course it's Barnsley tomorrow. Yeah, it's been a nice week to look forward to. Really, we didn't we didn't have a game last Sunday, so we trained and we prepped for this week. So I'm really pleased. You know, as a manager, you you hope that you've got your 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 uh, your plan right in terms of how you're going to play against things, but also just physically how we was going to set up because we played Wednesday, so we couldn't train Tuesday. Didn't want to train Thursday. So um, yeah, we've got it right, which I'm really pleased about. Got uh, got the three points from Wednesday, and and now we go on to Barnsley. And you were down in Barnsley watching the game on Tuesday evening. What did you think? Well, first of all, it was a long trip, and it was grim, <laughs> and it was raining. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, they're a really good side. I really, I really think they're. You know, that Northern Division is a is a very strong side. They played Stockport at mid table. Both teams, I was quite impressed with, to be honest. Um, yeah, big, strong, physical side. Lots of pace throughout the side. Lots of threats on goal. They rotate really well, so they make it hard for you to kind of get used to their shape and, and what they do. Um, I, I think the biggest takeaway, uh, you know, I spoke to, to Ben, my coach, straight after, and I said the biggest takeaway for me is that I was kind of like watching a men's game of football it was very physical um, so there's it's a big change from from you know our league is, is probably a little more technical and a little less physical so it's going to be a big change for us but um yeah, looking forward to the challenge. I was going to say it is interesting that it, it isn't a very physical league, and, and I've seen in the past Cambridge you've suffered when they're playing physical teams. Does, does that worry you? It does worry me, but but it's something we've just got to be very aware of. And, and I've I've been very open with the players; they know exactly what to expect. Um, we had a team meeting on Thursday uh, to review Wednesday and just to go over how we would set up and play on Sunday. And, yeah, I've, I've been very open and honest. They know what to expect. They know what's coming. And as I said to them, you know, it's, it's, it's up to us. We've got to stand up to that physical challenge and we've got to impose ourselves on the game we, we've got some really good technical players and we've got to make sure that that comes out in the game we, we we can't just go into the game looking on what they do we've got to look at how what we do what we do has to impose ourselves on it so 
yeah, it's a bit of both. Um, but it does, doesn't hold too many fears for me. Um, I'm hoping it's something for the players as well. And it's the first time you've been this far in the competition. It's a big game. Are you disappointed it's not at the Abbey? No, not really. Um, you know, obviously, you'd love to play at the Abbey, wouldn't you? But... Um, you know, the, the occasion sometimes could get to people as well. So, you know, in that sense, it, it, where it is is fine. I'm, I'm not too fussed where we play the game. It could have been away. I think for me, the biggest thing was not having to travel all that way. I was looking at the draw and thinking, please don't give me extra away. I'm, I, don't, I don't fancy that, um, especially after having the local derby on the Saturday at the Abbey. It would have been, you know, come to that and then uh, and then travel all that way. So, yeah, no, I, I was just pleased we got a home draw. That was a big thing for us, I think. And in terms of uh, squad availability, how are you doing for injury? Yeah, looking okay. Um, so both Wednesday and and for Sunday, we've we've had a lot uh, a lot healthier squad to choose from. And you know, I've got to a point now where I'm actually having to leave people completely out of the squad that are fit and able to play. So um, that's a sign of where we've where we've come from. Um, you know, we're moving in the right direction. The only thing really for us is that Abby Smith is, isn't eligible um, after our loan move from Ipswich she's not played enough games so she won't be able to be involved but other than that yeah we're looking fairly healthy just the long term ones like Fran Steele to get back when we can and it's fifth place in the league you're kind of now at this difficult position where you, you're not going to get you're not going to get promoted you're not going to get relegated how do you approach the rest of the season I want to win every game as simple as that I, I want to finish as high up that table as we possibly can because ultimately A we, we, we've done well to this point it'd be a real shame if we then didn't finish the job off and finish well and um, B you know the higher up the league table we finish ultimately the, the easier recruitment becomes because people can see that you're moving in the right direction you, you can see that already and players already are aware of that I'm sure when they look at the league table but you know to finish off strongly would be a really strong signal so yeah we, we want to win every game that we've got left that's the plan and do you have players that you'd like to rotate in to see a little bit more about them before uh, the end of the season? Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, we did a little bit of that on Wednesday. So Charlotte Gillies made her first first start for the club and scored um, as an example. So, yeah, we've, we've got some players that will rotate around and the, the squad will be, uh, the starting 11, sorry, will be different between Wednesday and Sunday. So there's a chance there to rotate. So, yeah, there'll be, there'll be opportunities for everybody. That's, that's kind of the message to all the players at the moment is everybody's going to play some football between now and the end of the season. Um, you know, the big thing for them is to try and impress and put on a show and, ultimately win themselves a squad place for next year and uh, help us to get on a good run to, between now and the end of the season. And it's a two o'clock start. You'll be looking for a, a good crowd down at uh, St Lears. Yeah, two o'clock start, um, free entry. So the club have, have really been generous and have said, let's just get as many people in there as we can to watch and support. So it's free entry. We're hoping as many people as possible come down to support. Hopefully also make a bit of noise because it's always good when there's a bit of noise there. I think it helps out the players. Barnsley would have had to travel a fair way. I'm not sure they'll bring too many. So yeah, if we can get a load of people in and make a bit of noise, it'd be great. Is it terrible for me to say that it's a very high-pitched noise at the women's football and it can be quite loud? <laughs> That's probably... I probably I'm now part of the yeah. V2 campaign. Now. I'm just, I've just really blown it. Not only can I not work the desk, but I'm, I'm just landing myself in it. I mean, they do get they do get some good support uh, yeah. down at St. Neart's. Um, and it, it is really good. And I, I hope that... I hope, that, I hope I can't park. I hope I have to walk miles because it'll show that there's loads of people there. Yeah. But you just never know how it's going to be. But it, it, it is a big day for the club because the the women's league they, they have this problem that with one up and two down is it by the time you get to this stage in the season there's still, there's nothing left yeah. to pay play for so i mean just look let's just uh, looking at the league at the moment they're fifth in the league yeah um and in principle you know the 25 points there's then there's uh, qpr 28 worthing on tw- uh, 32 mm. and norwich on 33 so in, in principle there's only eight points between there and second um now norwich have played far fewer games than anyone else so too few too fewer games so it, it's mm. probably 
probably actually that even if they win everything that would be outreach but they can only get to third which yeah. is good I mean you want to finish third rather than fifth but they're not going to get relegated they're not going to get promoted so it's always very difficult at this stage of the season yeah, yeah well speaking to Darren it's like I think a lot of now for the rest of this season it's how can they build towards next season and actually mount a more sustained push but he's was, he's saying that like you know look at the teams like AFC Wimbledon the setup they've got there is kind of just above what everything else is in the league at the moment um, but just like quickly I'd like also like to mention because their next game is at QPR but that's actually going to be at Loftus Road yeah so I think that's actually going to be a great um, great experience for them uh, to kind of and you know it would be nice to see in the future like more of the uh, women's games being played in the stadiums I do think that for the women's team playing in St. Neats as much as we've got the partnership with the club it would be better to have the games in Cambridge so more people can get there but you know that's a lo- that's a long term thing yeah it's a, it's always really difficult because you know you've got to look you've got to look after the pitch yeah, yeah um, exactly and you know some some teams some some pitches are good enough to support yeah. two games every other week or whatever yeah. but yeah. but it it is difficult plus of course there's the cost of opening up the stadium and everything for yeah. you know for what might be a small crowd you, you know you can't you can't tell just because you open the stadium might not come in but uh, it is the way it is so i mean you've got a minute to kick off two minutes to kick off uh, i'm going to get down there for the second half so uh, <laughs> hopefully see a lot of people down there when i get there thanks very much to, to billy and celine for being in the studio thanks to matt for being on the phone thanks to uh, barry court to uh darren Marge and Chris Nunn for uh, doing interviews with us and we'll be back again next week hopefully uh, talking about a a point or more I would be happy with Uh, we'll see what happens thanks very much for joining us we'll see you again next week